Hello, and welcome to The Good, The Bad, and The Podcast, the show where we pick a given movie genre and explore those examples that are so good they make you want to scream, the movies that are so bad they make you want to scream, and those movies that are so ugly, well, they make you want to scream. Hey guys, I'm Mark. Hey, I'm Kelly. And I'm Charles. And I'm Toby. And this is our 31 Days of Halloween edition. And specifically, we'll be doing 13 movies off of our 31 Days of Horror. Um, these are going to be the 11 Halloween movies. Um, and that's what, when I posted earlier about it being slightly themed, that's what it was about. Because 11 of these movies are, you know, Halloween, um, part of that franchise. Um, and then there's going to be two additional ones, which um, it's The Devil's Reign and Blood Feast. And for those of you that don't know how they relate, we'll get into that a little bit later. But so we're going to be talking about 13 movies. So the first one we're actually going to talk about, um, we could either do, what do you guys want to do? Do you want to do the original Halloween first? It came out in 1978. Or do you want to do uh, Devil's Reign or Blood Feast, which came out earlier? Let's start with the original. I really want to talk about this right off the yeah. bat. Okay. Um, do either of you have the synopsis pulled up? I do. Okay. Go ahead, Mark. Halloween. In 1963, Michael Myers stabbed his 15-year-old sister to death. He was institutionalized, and according to his doctor, Sam Loomis, is the personification of evil. On the day before Halloween, 15 years later, Myers manages to escape and heads for his hometown. On Halloween night, he goes on a rampage while Loomis and the local sheriff search Myers' neighborhood for him. Meanwhile, Laurie Strode, a serious student who rarely goes out on dates, is babysitting a neighbor's child. Little does she know the danger she is in. <laughs> I like the way you say evil because it reminds me of twins evil. of evil. Yeah, that's twins exactly it. Yeah. Twins of evil. Uh, I told, uh, I think I texted Kelly and Charles. I saw a kid wearing a shirt. It was, uh, I think, Marilyn Manson and I forget the other the other musician, but they it was the Twins of Evil tour. Um, yes. Okay, so I had never seen the original Halloween. Well, hang, hang on, hang on. Do you want to do the trailer first? Yeah, let's do the trailer. Okay, I'm gonna do the trailer, guys. The one, the old. Halloween night, a small American town, 15 years ago. seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. <laughs> I think he'll come back. Exploring uncharted territory. It's totally charted. Just talk. Sure, sure. Mm -hmm. The only reason she babysits is to have him. Come on out. 
came home. Okay. That is a terrible trailer. I was going to say I love that trailer, but it's, uh... anyway, that's the, that has a lot of the, you guys have the music, the music's really iconic. Um, Toby, every time he, he hears it, he comments on the, the measures, it was a 5-4? Yes, 5-4 time. Yeah. The traditional Halloween. Well, you don't hear the, the really the theme song. Did very a, much did in this a little trailer. Bit. A little, little bit, bit yeah. Um, but the main theme song is oddly 5-4 time, which isn't very common at all. Okay, so what were you going to say, Mark? You said you'd never seen this one before, 31 Days of Horror? Correct. Uh, I was blown away by this movie and how good it was, and how much of like a true art film it almost is. Uh, because I had seen I had seen parts of the sequels, and I thought they were all that you know kind of slasher over the top. But this one is uh, like an amazing movie, uh, just in terms of the literary references about her fate when she's in school, and that uh, I forget what the author who the author author even was, but. The, there's that whole discussion about how you can't escape your fate, and so we know she's going to be attacked by the serial killer all the way. And the fact that he was able to make it so creepy even during the daytime, uh, and like the sexual overtones weren't, it didn't seem obscene to me. They seemed like I don't know, like just part of the psychology of this killer and the fact that you know it happened right after his sister had you know uh, had sex with her boyfriend at the very beginning and stuff like that. I don't know, just all it just all worked perfectly. For this just really creepy eerie feel and the music in the past the music has kind of annoyed me because it's so simple and minimalistic but after seeing this movie i understand oh you know having it paired with this movie really makes the mu- the music work for me even more so i don't know what do you guys think i it's one of my top five horror films of all time i love it um and and you know it's it wasn't the first slasher movie per se but I think it really, we've talked about this before, it really set the rules for slasher movies. They all copied it. Um, and one of the things that's I, I think about this movie that is striking is that it's not really that violent. Um, it's a lot more on the, the atmosphere and the creepiness of it um, than the outright gore. Um, it's a pretty mild movie in a lot of ways. Um, but again, which, I, I, yeah, go ahead. Which, that, I, I really like that about the movie it, it, I'm not you know and fun fact for those listening um, I saw this movie for the first time with Charles about five years ago may have been four years ago but um, yeah I hadn't seen any of the Halloween movies um, we got together and watched it and it kind of like I didn't really watch any horror film prior to this experience like at all not even a little bit um, but I would say, Charles, that you and this movie really launched kind of a love affair with it for me, personally. Um, You know I still can't handle, like, extremely gory, extremely supernatural stuff. But but things like this that are really artfully done, that are more, like, you you preserve some of the mystique of it. Um, It's less emphasis on the stabbing and more emphasis, like you just said, on the creepiness and the 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 suspense and the building of everything. Like those are the kinds of horror movies that I really, really have grown to love. And so, I mean, um, I and you mentioned Supernatural. That's also one of the things I like about this one. The I know at the end, and we are going to get into a little spoiler territory for some of these. um, uh, But at the end of this one, he disappears. 
And it's kind of implied he could be everywhere. You hear him breathing on all the last shots. And that's a cool ending, but it also sets up the whole thing of where did the sequels go after that? Because he's been shot multiple times. He can be anywhere. Is he supernatural? Is he not human? Prior to that scene, he was a normal guy that you could kill and you could attack. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really, I feel like this, it's a great ending for this movie, but I feel like it kind of screws up all the potential sequels. Yeah, I, I would say I. Uh, this is the first time uh, for me to see this film as well, and I watched it with Charles um, a couple weeks ago. And I, I think to Mark's point, like it's very artsy. It's not it's not a scary film by any means. Like you're not going to jump out of your seat. Um, and there are some some of the silly things, like obviously like get away from the the you know a, attacker who's laying on the ground, and you can easily get away. But no, you just want to stay right there. So there's some silly things like that. But I. It's really cool because it establishes is you know is, is this a man or is this not a man, you know they call they call this this creature the shape, you know as time goes on, um, and but there's some of those artsy things that like the way that he when he's laying down on the ground, and he gets up right like half of his body doesn't move and the other half is just rises right and like if you see that okay you know that that's Michael Myers no other creature does you know something like that and it's just it's very unique so i i love this film as well um i I don't know that i I don't know that i was gonna say i agree about it not being scary i uh i think 40 years ago definitely would have been really scary yeah maybe um i still think it's scary now it creeps me out for sure what i love obviously i i'm i'm a big music person when it comes to films and just the the classic soundtrack and and the theme um you know, obviously this, this establishes the base and this is what I love about the latest film, which we'll talk about, but, um, overall just fantastic, fantastic film. Well, okay. So Charles mentioned that it's not that violent. I have to disagree with you there. Uh, it's nuanced violence, but I think it's still super, it's not super gory or necessarily bloody. I agree. It's not bloody and gory. It's violent. There's a lot of violence. It's, it's it's more implied, especially compared to the rest. I mean, I should say that. And to to what Toby was saying about some of the silliness, the the scene that got me was when he uh he's killing one of the one of the guys and he stabs him into the wall and the body just hangs there. Mm. But the knife is is definitely not deep enough into the body <laughs> to ha- I don't know, that that just bothered me. But I do like the scene where he just he just kind of tilts his head and looks at the dead body and you get this sense of like, "Oh, there's absolutely no human soul inside of this body," you know. Well, and, yeah. and the supernatural thing, I think they walked that line really well in this movie. The is he supernatural? Is he not? Well, it gets later, further on. They definitely take that down. Well, the, the and that's wrong what I'm saying. That, yeah, in the sequels. Yeah. Um, but as, one other thing before we move on, I we haven't really mentioned. Um, I I love Doctor Loomis in this movie. Um, I, I I actually think he's part of the magic of why this movie works. He's a really great character. He's funny. Um, and I love his like monologues, you know, especially about the evil and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. I, I just I love it, and you know. And he has a great plastic surgeon. Does he? Yes. Oh, because of the later on. That's a, yes. Yeah, we'll, but you're we'll talking about sequels. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I did sequels. like I did like Loomis, but I think there is a little bit melodrama with that character. He just some of those monologues are a little bit over the top, unrealistic, but I think it still works. All right, um, are we ready to move on to the next one, like to Halloween 2? Actually, before we do Halloween 2, I do think we should now talk about The Devil's Reign and uh, Blood Feast, and only briefly. Um, so, for those of you that don't know, um, the mask that Michael Myers wears is a Captain Kirk mask. They bought it, uh, they, they turned it inside out, and painted it white. 
Um, but what, uh, even if you guys know that, you may not realize that it's actually, um, there was a movie called The Devil's Reign in 1975, and it had William Shatner in it. And that movie required a lot of heavy prosthetics. When they do the prosthetics, they have to take a mold of your face, you know, and all that. And the Captain Kirk masks that Halloween, um, the Captain Kirk mask that Halloween used was made from the mold they took of William Shatner's face on The Devil's Reign. So it's really, it's it's Captain Kirk from 1975 is basically what it is. And that's what it became. Apparently the, there was also, um, the, this company that had all those molds also had ones of, uh, of Leonard Nimoy and like, and they had basically been doing Star Trek in the late seventies, these kind of masks and the Halloween producers even considered doing a Spock mask this in the same way. But I, I just don't, I don't think it would have compared. Now what's funny is that that mask changes from movie to movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and sometimes it's really annoying because it's like, I, I think Halloween two is the closest and I, it may be the same mask. Like I've read different things. It's the same mask in Halloween two, but I think Toby thought it looked different. I don't know. Um, it, it looks progressively worse, too. Like, as the movies go on, I feel like, and I haven't seen every single one, but the ones, the later ones, I don't know why, it, but it looks stupid. I, they, It just gets worse and worse and worse as the time goes by. It, it's like um, the neck gets floppier or something, and the, the face gets thinner. It just, it doesn't even look like the same well, mask. It's a, different, it's a different actor in each film, which is weird, too. Um but not only that, but um, like in Halloween four and five, I mean, it didn't look older. It actually looked newer because it was like a brighter white and just I don't know. It's just kind of I think four and five maybe H two O looked the worst to me. I don't know. I thought H two O was terrible. H two O was pretty bad, and that's you know twenty years past. Um, okay, so that's uh, so that's still okay. Go ahead, Mark. What do you say? Yeah, I was going to say, I think that kind of speaks to the continuity of the timelines in in this franchise. It's the most weird, crazy, branchy tree that I've ever seen out of a franchise. And it's like, it it keeps you tracing these threads of why are they changing the look? Is this the same person still? And it, it's, it, it's confusing to me. I, I feel like this whole franchise had an amazing first movie. And then it just, I don't know, I haven't seen the new one. And I know I've heard good things, but... It just seems like every movie that came after the the first one just can't live up to it. I don't know. It just kind of it goes off well, I'm gonna, in different ways. I kind of disagree. I really enjoyed Halloween 2. I think 1 and 2 are definitely rock solid. And then from there it Yeah. It goes and um Okay, yeah. And so I, I would agree with that actually. Like I think two Have you seen 2, Mark? No, and I I I guess I was speaking of I haven't seen 2 and I thought I thought 4 when they went back to the Michael Myers the the first 4 uh, I guess the only four is was a pretty a fairly solid slasher movie, but nothing like the first. And so, um, yeah, and so that actually talking about slasher movies, this is where we'll talk about Blood Feast. Blood Feast is a terrible film. I don't recommend anybody watching it. Um, it was a it was a last minute add on to the list, but supposedly this crappy movie Blood Feast um, from 1963 influenced. All these slasher films from Halloween, Friday the Thirteenth, um, and so uh, it's about a <laughs> a caterer who is tasked with uh, making an Egyptian feast for this party, and he decides he's going to uh, oh I forget what the goddess is, but he decides he's going to make like a blood feast for this goddess at this party. So he's going around, you know, chopping up 
young people and cooking them, and that's what he's going to do. And that's the whole thing. But it's one of the worst movies ever made. Um, so if it did influence Halloween, uh, then they just learned how not to make a slasher film. I, I think, I think Italy, the Giallo films and all that. I think like um, uh, trying to think of some of the names of them, like Blood and Black Lace. Um, deep red yeah deep red i think those much more influenced this kind of movie and then you got psycho obviously i think influenced it um psycho we kind of called the grandfather of slasher movies but this is the father of my i still maintain that um um i think bay of blood was one that is pretty similar too but I, i i don't know i really think halloween just mixed all the ingredients right for the first time and maybe one of the only times actually so all right. All right. So let's talk about Halloween 2. Uh, I have this. I actually reviewed this. So I have a synopsis. So um, synopsis is while Sheriff Brackett and Dr. Loomis hunt for Michael Myers, a traumatized Lori is rushed to hospital. Doesn't even have D in here. Rushed to the hospital and the serial killer is not far behind her. Um, so Toby and I, you know, we just said that we both think it's a I like it a lot. It's from 1981. So it was made few years after the original one but what i love about it is that it takes place immediately after the first movie it's first movie took place all on halloween um and i think a little bit on halloween eve but first movie ended on halloween night and this movie the second one is entirely on that same halloween night so it still takes place in 1978 and um there's just something really cool about that where it starts with literally the end of the first movie and just continues from there so it doesn't even feel like a sequel to me. It feels like an just an extension. Um, they got back um, most of the same people. Um, John Carpenter didn't direct it though. Um, I don't think he was really interested. He thought he'd made a good movie the first time. That's what he, he you know he intended it to be on its own. Um, but I was reading something about it. Like if he made the second one or if he wrote it, he could be part of the produce, uh, producers and make money off of it. So um, I don't think he expected much out of it. I don't think he really. Uh, not that saying he didn't work hard on it, but I know he was saying he was drinking a lot when he was writing the screenplay. Um, but, um, but having said that, it feels a lot like the first movie, especially when you've got the same cinematographer, Dean Cundey, you've got, um, you know, Dr. Loomis is back. Um, now it gets into ridiculous territory and there's one scene that I, Toby and I, I was laughing at. There's a part where they're chasing, um, a trick or treater down the street and he's in, a Michael Myers outfit. Now, part of the reason this is ridiculous is remember this movie takes place on the same night as the other ones. There's nobody out trick or treating because this guy <laughs> isn't even known yet. Uh, that's um, amazing. But they chase him down. Doctor Lewis like pulls a gun out and is trying to chase him down, and he and they chase him out into the street, and he gets hit by a cop car, and the cop car hits him, pushes him, pins him on another car, and the whole thing explodes. And so there's this innocent trick or treater that's just being burned alive, and. But it's, it's but so over the top. The the more I think about that scene, though, the more I actually like it. And it is ridiculous. Let me just be honest. It's it's flatly ridiculous. But what I like about two is that it, it kind of completes everything. So you could literally have one and two, and that's it. That's the end of the story, and you don't have to continue. But the, the, I think that's looking back, that scene is super important because when Dr. Loomis sees that body on fire, that's where he gets the idea later on, not to spoil the movie, to introduce fire to, you know, take care of Michael Myers, um, which, you know, it's it's brought on later 
um, as well. Um, Which and, I never and, I never put that together before. Yeah. So. so the more you think about, okay, that's where that idea comes from, and and it kind of makes a little more sense. Um, but well, overall, also, I, I thought okay, was, so Michael yeah. Myers found his his mask. It was a, still a Halloween mask that he stole from that hardware store in the first movie. So kids could still have that mask. Oh, that's true. And and be dressed up as you know whatever that was supposed I to guess be. Captain so. Kirk, I guess. Turned inside out. <laughs> I guess. But yeah. it was still kind of ridiculous. Kirk as a mechanic. <laughs> There's something wrong with the engine. But so we've got the, to fix the other the, the other thing tire. that's that's kind of ridiculous in this movie is the hospital. The hospital in the movie is. I guess the hospital for the area, but it's completely empty. There's like two nurses in the entire thing that take care of these babies that are there. <laughs> Poor babies. Like everyone dies in the hospital yeah. and the babies are just left there by themselves, and, I guess. And that's when that's when they're not having sex in the boiler room. Like it's just... Right, right. <laughs> it, it's just kind of but unrealistic of that an entire hospital, there's, you know, there's one person there right. and a staff of two. And, you know, it's just that part's kind of silly, but. Right and and uh, okay so like I said I I actually really do like this one though I think it holds up and um, it carries on the whole thing of him basically being somewhat immortal because he uh, he shot many more times in this one and even in the eyes yeah he gets shot in the eyes like both eyes like two different shots he gets shot and instead of just going into his brain and killing him he's just blind and he's just slashing blindly at them. <laughs> so not only is that an amazing shot one just to get the eyes but it's just it's ridiculous but um this movie also um we are going to get into spoilers on it a little bit I know, I know toby said not to get too much on spoilers but michael myers is set on fire and we see his body burn and we see him charred and it's like definitive and dr loomis is actually the one that caused it and dr loomis burns too like, it's presumably they both die, right? That's the whole thing. And that leads us into Halloween 3, which is kind of the oddball of this whole group. Because Halloween 3, they uh, it has nothing to do with the first two Halloween movies. So, um, do you want me to read it, Toby? Or are you going to do it? I can read it. Okay, let me pull this up there. Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Kids all over America want silver shamrock masks for Halloween. Dr. Daniel Chalice seeks to uncover a plot by silver shamrock owner uh, Conal Cochran. Is that it? Well, okay, so this I don't movie, know about those names. I don't know how I feel about that. But This movie has nothing to do with Michael Myers or Laurie Strode or Haddonfield, um, as far as I know. Um, they decided to basically make an anthology movie where like these different events took place on the Halloween holiday. Um, uh, do you remember much of this movie, Kelly? I know you've seen it. Not really. I, I remember that the masks are somehow like enchanted that they, if you put them on, they gain some kind of nefarious power and they like take you over. Well, it, no, it's, it's, well, sort of it's, uh, there's a commercial, um, that will tell the kids to put on the mask and the commercial will send a signal, which will basically, turn you into like a bunch of worms and kill you it sounds like videodrome but with masks <laughs> well it's that's got, bizarre it's it's but yeah, yes yes it is Toby. you hated video but yeah, um it's terrible but i will say 
if I feel like if this movie wasn't called Halloween three, if they if they'd have just called it, you know, Unmasked or Season of the Witch or something, something completely different, um, I think it would have been much better received. But when you've got two movies in a row, and then you make the third one and it has nothing to do with the first two, I, I just I feel like you're setting yourself up for failure. Um, yeah, I, I was going to yeah. say that. I have really, like a really odd choice for a franchise to be like, we had two movies in a row. Let's do a third one completely separate. You, you would think they would just make this movie and say, from the people who brought you Halloween and Halloween 2. Yeah. But it's, it's it just has nothing to do with it. And I, I love Tom Atkins. He plays the main the main guy in it. Um, but I I just, yeah, I, I it's not a great movie per se, but... I think people should check it out. I I really do think if you just didn't tie it into the franchise, you'd be people would be happier with it. Um. All right. Anything else anybody wants to say? You want to move on to Halloween four? We're kind of blasting through these. Yeah, let's well, move we on. Like twenty seven more to go. So yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween four. I reviewed this one. Uh, so I'll read the synopsis. Okay. It's October 30th, 1988, and Michael Myers has been in a coma since his pursuit of Laurie Strode ten years ago was finally stopped. However, when he is transferred from Richmond Mental Institute to Smith's Grove, he awakes when he hears that he has a niece in Haydenfield, and after killing the transfer crew, he escapes. In Haddonfield, the niece, Jamie, has been adopted by the Carruthers family, but keeps having nightmares about Michael. On Halloween night, Jamie goes out trick-or-treating, little knowing that her murdering uncle is following her and her stepsister, Rachel. Rushing to her aid is Dr. Loomis, and with the help of Sheriff Meeker, starts to search the town for Michael and to find Jamie to protect her. But can anything stop Michael this time? So this is where I joked earlier about Loomis and his plastic surgeon because at the end of Halloween 2, he is just obviously clearly dead, right? I mean, he could not have survived that explosion. And yet here he is in Halloween 4 with a little patch of <laughs> stuff on his cheek. And that's yeah, it. Yeah, it's funny because I, I didn't it. know what had happened. And uh, it, it it seemed like he it wasn't even a burn. It didn't even seem like a burn mark to me in Halloween 4. It seemed more like a gunshot wound that had been healed over or yeah. some sort of gash or something. Yeah. And I mean, I so forgot, really I'd odd. forgotten until we re um, recently rewatched 2. He was also stabbed in the stomach before he was exploded <laughs> or set on fire. So. so they kind of just they just kind of forget all that that happened at 2. It doesn't explain, right? Like, you know, obviously Michael Myers has, I think at this point, he's clearly not a, you know, human. But, but Loomis still is. got shot in the eyes. Loomis blown to smithereens here he is completely fine hair and all like yeah not hey, just... completely fine his cheek has been marred okay Toby, they, they paid lip and service. actually what's funny about this is it gets better throughout the movie as the movie goes on his cheek little spot gets smaller and smaller and it just it doesn't and in part six in part six, six, it, in part six he has plastic surgery it yeah. removes that one little spot yeah so i mean it's just <laughs> no he does silly. for real he says that in the movie it's silly <laughs> Well, okay, so this movie, this like like I said, this was a pretty solid slasher movie for me, but it was odd to me that they, it felt like they were reusing the tropes of the first couple, but with new people, like it was still the sheriff's daughter, uh, <laughs> but it was a new sheriff and a new daughter, right? Like, that was, was very odd to me. Like, they were just, they just happened to be the same exact situation with different people this time. <laughs> I... <laughs> I don't even know. I, right? Am yeah, I right or am yeah, I wrong? And, and I hate the mask in this one. This is the one where I really think it started looking terrible. Um, anyway. Okay, so one thing one thing that confused me too. In Halloween 2, was there the reveal that Jamie Lee Curtis's character was related to Michael? Oh, that's right. So 
In Howl in Howling Two, she's his sister. They tell you that, and that's the reason he's coming back to kill her. Right, and now, and then, well, in I don't four, know. in four, that niece is Jamie Lee Curtis's daughter. The character, it's Laurie Strode's daughter, and Laurie's just gone. She's yeah, we she don't disappear. We don't know where Laurie's at in part four, but the niece, that's the that's her daughter. And her yeah, name so is, that's her awesome name is Jamie. Okay. Just to be confusing. So Jamie Lee Curtis had a daughter. Yeah. Lord I feel like they should have yeah. taken the people who made the Marvel movies, and <laughs> if they had done these Halloween movies, it would be great. Like, the concepts are amazing. The concepts are all there, but whoever created these and wrote these just yeah, messed but, it all but up. Marvel movies, and when these movies, especially in the early 90s, you don't, Marvel movies were terrible. So oh, yeah. No, I know. These I know. were spur of the moment like movies. The, like the Roger, Roger Corman Fantastic Four movie. That's amazing. How yeah. could you diss the Fantastic Four, Charles? Come on, come on. Man. That was an amazing film. <laughs> a diamond in the or, rough. Or or um, Howard the Duck from the eighties. Best Marvel movie yet. Oh God. Anyway. All right. Should we move on? Yeah. yeah. Kelly, are you doing five? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So Halloween five. One year after the events of Halloween 4, the return of Michael Myers, the shape returns to Haddonfield once again in an attempt to kill his now-mute niece. <laughs> so... Of course she's mute. <laughs> that's, so the twist that's... is that she can't talk. <laughs> she's been so traumatized by the events of Halloween 4 that she, you know, she's in this, like facility where she's trying to be rehabilitated and she's mostly nonverbal. And I will say like Danielle Harris, who plays the the niece, is pretty good for a child actress. I mean, I is thought... Is it the same actress? Yes. In yeah. four and five, so, yeah. yeah. It, this is where it just, for me, it goes really off the rails. Like, four is pretty bad, I... right? Like, the, the burned body of Michael Myers somehow is just fine. You know, he comes back. But the fact that Okay, so the little girl commits murder at yeah, the end okay, of, so, of four. Yeah, so we didn't say that, but go ahead, Toby. Yeah, so, I mean, she, you know, the twist at the end of four, expecting a fifth movie, is that, you know, she, um, you know, she kind of does what Michael does in the very first movie, where she ends up killing, you know, one of the, killing her stepmother, right? And, and Michael Myers, at the end of four, is also definitively killed. I mean, it's like an army, like, all of those police officers are in there shooting him with every kind of weapon you can right. imagine no and, no no because then he falls into but, like yeah. a, well you don't know that till five at, at the beginning of five though they show they show even more because don't they start throwing grenades and stuff on top of him <laughs> now are you serious yeah they take the end of four and they go further with it and then they show him like crawling away and then somehow <laughs> this man like rehabilitates him for an entire year yeah. and he's like yes. best friends with them and he ends up killing and then him. michael kills weird. him <laughs> Yeah, so yep. I mean, this oh is where gosh. it gets this psychic connection, right, between him and, and Jamie, and and it's just yes. it's just so odd. It I, makes no sense. Like for me, for me, this is. Uh, I kind of wrote this when we reviewed this in Thirty One Days of Horror, but it's like anytime you get to a point in a series where you have five of a thing, you're kind of running out of gas, and I feel like. They got to number five on this, and they were like, "What can we do to keep this sucker going? We got to do something." And so they use it. <laughs> but but it makes no sense. Like like the psychic connection. Okay, and so and she really so. At the end of the last one, of course, he has gotten to her, and she pulls a Michael, and she murders the the mom. But then 
in the fifth one, she's not evil. Like, you'd think if that was the way that they ended it off, they would have kind of made her the villain, like, dun-dun-dun, moving forward. But she's not. Like, she's she's still very innocent. She's having all these psychic interactions with him where she can like precipitate where he's going to be and what he's going to do and she you know she tries to help the sheriff find him but it I just there's no consistency whatsoever with it and they just go it just feels like they're trying to justify why they're still making these movies right well it seemed to me at the end of four that even knowing that this is not where they were going, because I had seen some of the sequels, but I was like, oh, she should be the new villain now. Just like you right? said, like, that's the feeling you get. And then they start over with this and, you know, they don't carry it through. They just bring Michael back and he's exactly. Killy Killy McKillerson. Exactly. They just do the same old things. Like, they still kill, like, all the friends and all the babysitters. Like, she has no, I just don't understand that at all, why they did that. If they weren't going to carry it through. Speaking of things they didn't really carry through, let's let's move on to six. Yes, and yet they well, made b- this. Before works. we do that, oh, how did how did number five end? The mysterious man in black. Yeah, the cult of thorn. Yeah. So they they haul Michael away. They put him in prison, whatnot. And Jamie's like, he'll never die. And then you know that turns out to be a another psychic thing, I guess, because then you see this mysterious guy who you've seen. I don't know if it was in four, Mark, but in five. You see little hints of him all throughout the thing with, like, boots and a black cowboy hat. And so he comes in, and and we don't know who he is, but he busts Michael out, and there's, like, an explosion, and then Jamie comes back in, and he's gone. And she just starts crying, and, like, that's the way that the movie ends. The sixth movie, they recast her. Um, This was made in 95. It was only a few years later, I guess, but there's a different actress playing that same character. Toby, go ahead. Yeah, so not to be outdone by, or, you know upstage by five they made a sixth movie um six years after michael myers last terrorized haddonfield he returns there in pursuit of his niece jamie lloyd who has escaped with her newborn child for which michael and a mysterious cult have sinister plans so this movie is really interesting because uh charles and i actually watched um the um producer's producers cut. cut first which is the the version of the film that they used to test um a yeah, reaction from yeah, audiences yeah. which so this might be one of the worst movies i've ever seen ever i mean the producer's well, cut was atrocious well so as what it was is the producer's cut goes more to that whole cult thing cult of thorn and all of that stuff and that didn't test well with the first screen so they went back in and took out a lot of it um and added more gore like there's a lot they added a lot more violence and not only that, but Donald Pleasance had passed away at that point before they could recut it. So they basically had to figure out an ending that could work without having their, one of their main actors. The, the only redeeming quality of this film is that Paul Rudd is in it. And <laughs> it's his first movie. It's good for him to, like, looking at him is a good thing. But he's kind of creepy. And this whole cult thing just makes no sense. So basically, whereas Michael Myers and you have, you know you know him as a kid committing murder and getting revenge you kind of find out that oh he's just controlled by this cult that you know when the stars align uh in a certain order that is the explanation for why he commits murder like it just on halloween yes (laughs) no it is and it's it's uh the ruins and all that um but um one of the things that so so paul rudd is playing billy who was the Supposedly, he's a little boy Billy. that Lloyd Strode was was babysitting, babysitting on the first Halloween. Yeah. yeah, 
so he's grown up that's across the, he's grown up cool. across the street. He's really bizarre and weird. He um, stares at girls through their window, but he's not really. He's he's come. He, he does appear to be a peeping tom, but he's really doing it because he's. He he knows all about Michael Myers, and he's been he he solved the mystery of the cult of Thorn. Like he knows when they're gonna bring him back because he can watch the star. I don't know all this crap, but but see that's the thing. Like that's a cool idea, and they just didn't do anything. Well, well so with what it. so what it was was that um, in the producer's cut, which again, which is weird. The producer's cut was the original version. The theatrical cut is the one that they released, and you used to not be able to get the producer's cut anywhere. It for it wasn't until a few years ago they finally released it. Um, but um, so for like 20 years, it's only been the theatrical version, which I said the theatrical version was much more gorier. Like there's exploding heads in it. There's all this like crazy crap they added. I thought that was I thought it was better. Than the I, 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 sure. I I'm mixed about it because the the so in the ending to the the producer's cut, um, they uh, Paul Rudd's character knows how to basically do like a chant and uh, and know how knows how to contain Michael Myers. So he puts like this kind of dirt on the floor right he does something and he contains him inside this like mystical magical circle with his chant um and then they and then they leave and like dr loomis is with him and dr loomis is like i have to go and finish unintended business or whatever dr loomis goes in and it's quickly revealed that um that michael myers has escaped again and that dr loomis will now be kind of the leader of him because that was the other thing too. The whole thing is like the um, this cult of Thorn. They control Michael Myers, and the main guy that runs it um, runs the sanitarium, and he's retiring. And he was gonna have he was gonna have Doctor Loomis kind of take over for him after he died. And you kind of find out at the very end that okay, that guy's now dead. So it means Doctor Loomis is now in charge of Michael Myers. I guess presiding over him, seeing who he kills. I don't know. It doesn't really make sense. But that's the producer's cut. The theatrical cut. Again, they got rid of most of the Cult of Thorn stuff. Um, but it's oddly there in pieces, so it doesn't really make as much sense that it's even there. And they didn't have Donald Pleasance to reshoot, so when he goes back inside, you, you don't really know what the heck happens. You just see, like, a Michael Myers mask on the floor, and you hear Dr. Loomis screaming in the background. Like, they just they took audio from a different part of the, of the cut. <laughs> and That's so it's just implied that Dr. Loomis gets killed, but you it's, like, off-camera. Um, okay, so... Let, let me let me say something because everything you're talking about now with this movie is exactly what we didn't need. Uh, we don't care about Michael Myers' backstory, right? He's a, he's a symbol of the inevitability of death and not having any emotion and not caring. You can't escape it. You can't escape your fate. What we care about are the characters he's chasing after and they're like fight for survival. Like the fact, you know, all this cult stuff, all it's bad storytelling. Well, it's and, like, and it turns out in this one that Jamie, Jamie, which is it's his niece. Laurie Strode's daughter, it's like, you know, his sister's daughter, mm-hmm. um, in, in the in the producer's cut, he's had a baby with her. Like, there's, they show the cult, like, getting him to sleep with her, and that's this baby she's carrying around. And the whole thing is, like, this baby will have the curse passed on to him. That's the whole thing. But then they take that out in the theatrical cut. Yeah, in the theatrical not, cut, they just know. don't even, they, they don't even, they don't, sh- I mean... Yeah, there's no. They don't mention the incest thing at all. They don't show whose baby it is. They don't even tell you why a baby is important. What's it like to sleep with Michael Myers? Well, they. I I don't know. I mean, if he can survive a an explosion. I don't know where you're getting at with this. 
<laughs> it's just I'm glad they took it out. It makes no sense. Was he, is he a gentle lover? Is that what you're asking? I don't know. But they but they do. They show that in a flashback. They're they're showing like that Michael Myers. They're they're this whole cult standing around watching, and they're getting him to impregnate his niece. But the whole thing is that, like I said, the child will have the curse put upon him. That's why the movie's called The Curse of Michael Myers. So in the theatrical cut, when you take all of that out, it doesn't make sense. Um, but, okay. All right. So let's uh, move on to H2O because we're going pretty sorry. We still got a lot to cover. So, Kelly, that's you. Okay. So, H2O. Halloween, 20 years later. Laurie Strode, now the dean of a Northern California private school with an assumed name, must battle the shape one last time as the life of her own son hangs in the balance. One last time for like the third time. Yeah, exactly. Actually, Can I say I don't, I don't like this whole the shape thing. When did that start? What movie did that start in? Really, four. Well, in the first, in the first movie that he was called the shape in the script, but it was never like said in the movie. Oh, okay. I kind of like it because it, anyway. it establishes that it's not, you know, human. But um, yeah, I watched this for the first time the other day and um, introduces some some actors. Joseph Gordon-Levitt's in it. Uh, Josh Hartnett's first movie as Michelle well. Williams. Michelle Williams. Um, but I thought it was I thought it was just an average like horror. Mo- I mean, slasher movie. Really, there was nothing. Like, it, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. It was just, you could predict what was going to happen every time. And this is the first movie that really breaks from the timeline, because this movie, um, I forgot to mention that in 5, they say that Laurie Strode died in a car wreck or something, I think. Um, in this movie, they say she faked her own death. But here's the thing about it. What's weird is that this movie ignores 4 and 5. So this is a direct sequel to 2, even though they're acknowledging that her death was faked. They didn't even have to say her death was faked because that was part of five. So anyway. Yeah. So there's no niece in this, basically. That's that's the main part they cut out. They cut out all that stuff with the niece. And and yeah. So this is like this is the second timeline. So it's one, two, and Halloween H2O. And I I, I like that because to me, and I, I don't know, but I just I feel like that whole niece thing was just really reaching and so for this oh and six too i forgot four five and six are ignored sorry go ahead right like i i feel like this is a logical this this could have been a great movie like this could have kind of accomplished what the new one did or set out to you know i won't discuss that yet but um i really liked i like the premise of it like jamie lee curtis gives a really good performance i think so does josh hartnett um, it takes it to a realistic place. Like she has become this kind of paranoid alcoholic. Like it's it's somewhat traumatizes her, somewhat doesn't. Like she's she's moved away. She has tried to move past the Michael thing, but she's living this new life. But it still is like haunting her in the back corner of her brain, and she's trying to. You can tell it's leaked over into her relationship with her son, but. I don't know. It just it just could have been. I don't know why exactly it wasn't great. But like Toby, I agree with everything you were saying. Like it, you you can kind of predict everything that's going to happen. Like it's pretty good. It's not great. I wish it was better. But at the same time, I feel like it's one of the better entries in the franchise. I agree. I think it's way better than four, five, and six. Um, yeah. And I actually I I like the ending because the ending is like definitive. Like she decapitates him he's dead mm-hmm. like they can't yeah. come back from that right 
That's what you think, Carl. <laughs> That's what you think. <laughs> There's no way. Mark, oh, I had is, is that you? <laughs> yeah, so do we want to yeah, uh, get into that now? Let's whip through them if you guys are cool All with right. that. So, uh, yeah. Halloween Resurrection. I'll read the synopsis. Freddie and Nora are the heads of a new reality website called Dangertainment. For their first broadcast, they decide to hire a group of college students to explore the ruins of the infamous murderer Michael Myers' home. Six cash-strapped friends decide to explore the home. What they don't know is that Michael is on his way back home to Hayden. Had is it Hayden or Haddonfield? Haddonfield. To Haddonfield, and unless they can stop him, they will become his next victims. Toby, have you seen this one? Oh man, I have not. But it sounds okay. like Headless right. Horseman or something okay. like that. Okay, <laughs> go. Go ahead, Mark and Kelly. I, I really, I want to know what you think, Mark, and I, I know what Kelly thinks, but I love to hear it anyway. Um, the uh, I like the review I wrote for Thirty One Days of Horror. I don't think we've gotten there yet. Uh, but I said that what's his name, Buster Rhymes? Yeah. Yep. I, I said I don't think what this franchise needed was Buster Rhymes bicycle kicking Michael Myers. <laughs> like, I mean, that <laughs> alone ruins the whole thing. Or, or Tyra uh, Banks. I mean, she was pretty bad too. Yeah. And and her part was kind of just I don't know ancillary. Like it didn't. It, she never really played an integral part. I think she we she kind of went off screen for a while and we came back and she was dead and it wasn't a big deal. But um, I, I like that they were exploring the you know the online webcam reality TV show. Again, a great concept w- could have been kind of cool, but this movie was I don't know I didn't like it at all. Well, and let's um, well actually I want to hear Kelly's reaction. I, I keep forgetting because this. Is, I, I I was I say that because I watched this with Kelly at her house a long time ago for the first time and <laughs> we were cracking up the entire movie. That's why I'm like <laughs> some of the comments I wish we would have recorded it. I know. I so again, this is like back in the day before I had really started watching horror movies. And so and <laughs> so my husband Zach was away. He was somewhere, I don't know. And, and so I was alone in my house and Charles and I had determined we were going to watch this movie and I was like, Charles is it going to be scary? Like, can I handle it? And he was like, yeah, no, it's, it's fine. It's fine. And so he came over and he watched it with me, but in my, you know, newborn baby state of horrordom, like it still creeped me out a little bit, but like in retrospect, it was hilariously bad. There were so many quotable moments that were just, I, I, I just, it gives me a case of the, I can't even, this is the one where Buster Rhymes says, didn't he say trick or treat mother? (laughs) Like, Yes, he does. <laughs> but, oh, yes, he does. <laughs> okay, but I think part of the reason I loathe this movie so much is the opening scene, because basically, yeah, <laughs> they they said they do, they do a they retcon H two O. They say that oh, Lori didn't actually decapitate him. Somewhere in the line, Michael had actually switched uh, switched clothes with a security guard, and Lori decapitated someone else that had Michael Myers' mask on. Oh. And, they, and so she's basically become insane, and she's in an, an insane asylum because she knows she killed an innocent man. And <laughs> so, and they explain that like he crushed his like throat, so that's why he couldn't speak at the end. He couldn't just tell her it wasn't the right person, you know. Well, it's funny hearing you say this because I had watched Resurrection, but I hadn't seen H2O. So I assumed all that stuff was in H2O. No. <laughs> and it was not. And no, But no. then – and this isn't a spoiler because it happens in the first 10 minutes of the movie. They kill off Jamie Lee Curtis's character yeah. at the beginning, and then they're like, okay, she's done with. Let's start then, this new – And they go into a whole different thing. movie. 
Yeah, it's ridiculous. But did he really kill Jamie Lee Curtis though? Like, what if she switched bodies and she, you know, might yeah. be decapitated? Well, and I, th- I think it was another woman who looked just like. I him. think at this point, Jamie Lee Curtis did not want to do any more. Like, I think she was done. Um, yeah, I'd read it in trivia. She only agreed to do this movie so that she her character wouldn't be brought back in further movies. Yeah, this movie's awful. I'm glad um, she changed her mind. But I, yeah. I don't even know. This this could have been cool, but it, it was terrible. But yeah. All right. So now, um, who had the first Rob Zombie Halloween movie? Me. Go ahead, Kelly, if you want to read that synopsis. This is the okay. first time. This is a remake of the original one. So this is the first time that it's completely ignoring all of the other movies. Yes. Okay. So synopsis is after being committed for 17 years, Michael Myers, now a grown man and still very dangerous, escapes from the mental institution and immediately returns to Haddonfield to find his baby sister, Lori. So I know Charles and I have had many conversations about this and I've like read a lot about it and it seems like people are pretty divided on it about, you know, because the first half, basically, of this remake is giving Michael Byers a backstory. And there's a lot of questions about whether that is helpful to the story or whether that makes him less scary, like knowing why he's motivated by things. But just as a movie, I felt like the first half was stronger. Like the first half when we hear that backstory, I mean... I I kind of agree that it makes him less terrifying having that backstory, but like from a movie perspective, I liked that part. I liked how they handled it. And the second half where they just basically rehashed all the scenes from Halloween was way weaker. Um, it, It was like the same exact stuff, but not as good. And so it's like, I, I, and I, I agree. Like, I just when you're talking about a Halloween movie, you're talking about this character, the main character who's been scary, although he's been ridiculous for the last several sequels. But I know this is kind of an origin story and all that, but I just me personally, I really think you don't need to know anything about him. I think that's what makes him scarier. I, I, I plus not only that, but that's that's not the only thing that bothers me about this Ram Zombie movie. It's the it's the sadistic nature of it. It's so over the top gory and just like outright disturbing. Like I feel like I feel like he just wanted to be disturbing as much as he can. Like even when it's a little kid like feeling up his sister and stuff in the beginning and I, Yeah. I, and I I get it like you know the in the fir- in the original movie he's watching her comb her hair when she's nude. I get that that's subtly implied, but Rob Zombie takes everything to the 20th level. Um I just think yeah, it's like it's too much. It's too much. It's too ridiculous. Yeah, like too I, much over the like, top. Like I said earlier, it's what we don't need. We don't need backstory for Michael Myers. Like it has to all be nuanced, and he shouldn't be the main character. It should be the the victim anyway. Right, and, right. and I, I, you know, um, I, it's like that. But I, I can see what you're saying, Kelly. Like if this were a different movie, a more a more dramatic movie, like if it had a better, like so basically what we're saying, I guess if I'm hearing you right. Is that for you, if the second half had been more in line with the first and more dramatic in that kind of movie, it would have been a better overall movie. Yeah, I I don't it's it's really hard to say because I love the first one. I think it did so many things right, but I was just intrigued a little bit, I guess, by the addition of the backstory. I don't know whether I liked it more or less, but I just I like Rob Zombie movies 
to an extent, but I think the dialogue he has his characters do is usually ridiculously over the top. Like people don't talk that way. Um, and they're, they're all over sexualized and I, I don't know. something about this movie is just really off putting to me. You know what I mean? Uh, yes. I agree. Regarding the second half, I am with you. I'm with you completely because it, it just like, they just, they trashed everybody up. Like, everything was more vulgar. Everything was more crass. Like, everything... It just felt like it was hitting us in the face with, like, this is what modern teens are like. But they're not, though, like, necessarily. I... It it felt to me like I, I was reading about this online, and I, I found this quote that really resonated with me. And it was that... It was kind of agreeing with what we've been talking about. Like, the first half is interesting and good, or, you know, whatever your thoughts are. But the second half, when it's rehashing this iconic classic material is like a heavy metal band paying homage to a like Frank Sinatra song. It's like Metallica singing fly me to the moon or whatever. Like, it's just like, did that really <laughs> need to be happy? I, 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 no, it didn't. It, it, like, it wasn't as good and it was just kind of weird. So uh, just one final note. That's what I was going to say. We didn't need, we didn't need this remake. I, I don't no. I don't think. Anyway. Um, all right. Halloween two, 2009. Michael Myers is still at large and no less dangerous than ever. After a failed reunion to reach his baby sister at their home, Laurie Strode is immediately taken to a hospital to be treated by the wounds that had been afflicted by her brother a few hours ago. However, Michael isn't too far off and will continue his murdering Halloween rampage until he gets his sister all to himself. Which is funny about this because that whole scene in the hospital, this thing in the hospital was, you know, directly from the original Halloween 2. Um... But it's revealed that it's all just a bad dream. Like, she wakes up and she's in her house. So they're kind of screwing with you on that point. But that... They were still in the hospital. Like, that's what... I don't know. It was kind of ridiculous uh, story-wise at that point. I get that they It was were, very odd. Yeah, it was a weird choice. Um, so, I, I, I would say off real quick, though. I think out of all of the Halloween movies, this is the worst. I don't wow. know what you think, Mark. But Even worse than six? Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with you. Uh, first of all, because it's so incomprehensible. I didn't, I didn't realize who the main girl was until halfway through the movie. Like, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know if she was having bad dreams, if it was all a dream, if it, she was really related to him. Until they revealed that it was his, it's his sister, right? Yeah, uh, and also, um, I forgot to mention that in this movie and in the other um, Rob Zombie remake, um, is it Daniela? Daniela Harris, who played the niece. Yep. She, Danielle. she's in this movie. She's one of the characters in this movie. Um, yeah, the first, that was cool. In the first movie, she's attacked by Michael Myers, so she's also in the hospital. Um, and in this movie, she's also once again attacked by him. Um, but, uh, yeah, this movie is – it takes everything I hated about the last movie and just, again, one-ups everything. It, it's so sadistic and so twisted. And – you know, if I was reading that in a trailer, like if I'm like, this movie is twisted and sick, you know, I would be like, oh, cool movie. But it just doesn't work. I just, I don't like that style. Like, there are no redeeming characters. The, the acting is terrible. I, I think you mentioned this, Mark. Um, the way they treat Dr. Loomis. Dr. Loomis is now. Oh, man. He's, yeah. He's a celebrity playing it for the cash grab, and he's got a book, and he's such a jerk now. And it's just, it's a, uh Well, and that's not how that would happen. Like. He, he releases this book about Michael Myers and reveals the identity of his sister and where she lives, I guess. But editors and publishers would never allow that. I, I mean, I don't know. It's 
that was the big that was the big plot twist that he that it releases it and then and then Loomis is suddenly you know uh, feels bad about it and goes and tries to save him and says I have to save him and it's, I owe you one really sheriff bad. it's like yeah well and the other thing okay so Rob Zombie always has to put his wife in there Sherry Moon Zombie she played the mother of Michael Myers um, in the on the other one but she was killed in this one she, Michael Myers keeps seeing her walking along with a white horse. In like a kind of a ghost setting, um, and they even put like a, they put like that definition about how was it white horses are seen in dreams and stuff or something at the very beginning. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's like a thing of rage that needs to be let out or something. So, so he keeps he keeps Carl seeing Jung he stuff. keeps seeing his mom and this horse, and then Lori sees her too, and it's like wait what? And, and so at the end, um, after Michael Myers is killed. Um, which they kill him and the cops kill him in a shed and all that. Lori puts on the mask and it's kind of revealed that she's going to be the next crazy one. She's in an insane asylum. And it's like they kind of take what? the whole thing at the end of four, you know, where they made his niece evil. They kind of do that similar thing here. It was a very odd ending. I, I told Charles we were at the zoo the other day and I hadn't finished it yet because I just stopped watching this. So I went back and forced myself to watch the ending because, of course, we're doing a podcast on them. But it was like this really like peaceful, calm song at the end and. She was in this stark white insane asylum, and it kind of zoomed in on her face, and she slowly smiles at the end. And like psycho, I don't know. Rip yeah. Off. And I think I think what uh, this reveals about Rob Zombie is that he doesn't know how to create in-depth characters to really give us anything to latch onto in terms of who we should root for or what these characters' motivations are. Yeah, because you end up hating everybody. All right. Yeah. So um, mm-hmm. let's talk about the new movie now, Mark. Um, I know you haven't seen it yet, so I don't know if you want to disconnect or if you want to mute us or whatever you want to do, because I think we're going to get into some brief spoiler territory. Uh, spoiler ahead. Spoil ahead. Do we want to play the trailer? Uh, oh, yeah, we were going to play the trailer for it. So um, let's see. Here we go. Testing one, two, three. We're on. We're here to investigate. Patient that killed three innocent teenagers on a Halloween in 1978. He was shot by his own psychiatrist and taken into custody that night. And has spent the last 40 years in captivity. Hello, Michael. I have something you might like to see. <laughs> Everyone in my family like turns into a nutcase this time of year. Yeah, I mean your grandmother is Lori Strode. She was almost murdered. Wasn't it her brother who murdered all those babysitters? No, it was not her brother. That's something that people made up. Do you know that I pray every night that he would escape? <laughs> What the hell did you do that for? So I can kill him. Dad, look out! The bus crashed. Mom, what bus crashed? Michael escaped. Excuse me, somebody's in here. Hello?
for this night. He's waited for me. I've waited for him. Get out! Go home! Get inside! You don't believe in the boogeyman? I love this film. I absolutely love it. It is dark. The music is fantastic. It gets rid of honestly all the nonsense between two after two or two and after well yeah because it's this i mean movie, this, is this movie is a direct sequel to the original correct. so this ignores part two and he's not them. michael is not Lori's, you know brother they address that in the trailer where they say it's you know that's that's just a rumor um i thought this movie was just fantastic and yeah. it draws a lot of some of the scenes that are kind of iconic from some of the other films um, like the bathroom scene in the stalls, like that's drawn um, from previous movies. The you were mentioning the the uh, mechanic scene as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the mask I think looks fantastic. Um, it's aged yeah. obviously really well, or they make it look aged. I mean, um, for me, going back to the music piece, fantastic soundtrack's amazing. Well, and they got John Carpenter to actually do the sound, the music for this one, which he hasn't really been involved. And I, I, I just and, and the and going back to the fire piece, like they so they draw on that from two, right? With that kind of ridiculous scene. But um I I loved it. I have to say I, I, it's probably my favorite Halloween movie besides, you know, maybe just a little bit ahead of one. See, I like I like it. I do. Um I obviously I think my I still like the original one the most. But then I would still put part two above this one, even though Part two was ridiculous, but again, it felt like an extension of the first one, so I can't I can't separate that out. But this is this is a I don't want to call it a fan service movie, but it is made by fans, and that's an important thing. They're not just trying to cash in on something. You know, the fact that they got John Carpenter back for it, the fact that they got Jamie Lee Curtis back for it, they ignored all of that before. You know, she's not dead. He's not. Um, you know, her brother, but the, you know, the, that's the thing though, too, even when you do this though, you still have to kind of treat him like he's supernatural, right? Because the first movie still ended up with him being shot six times and falling off the thing and disappearing. But this movie makes it so that, you know, he, he, he was captured, he was captured immediately. And yeah. they, you know, and, and Dr. Loomis, you know, they went to trial and all that. And he's been in 40 years. He's been in an insane asylum. And I like a lot of that. Like, like I said, I really do like this movie. I love the opening titles. We freaking get a title sequence again, and mm-hmm. having the having the rotting pumpkin reverse mm-hmm. time lapse that I almost like cheered at the screen when that happened. I I did. I I, I look and leading right up to it when he's screaming Michael. Yeah, it that was cool. And because like that... it's like the whole symbolism. I mean, it's an obvious metaphor for this franchise. It's a rotting pumpkin, and they're going back, and it's the original pumpkin title sequence, which I loved. Um, but. There are some things I don't like. Um, I don't like the the character that they even jokingly call the new Loomis in the movie. I don't like that whole plot twist with him where he's helping Michael out and he kills the cop. 
Like, I feel like that yeah. comes out of nowhere and then they do away with it. Um, I could have done away with it. I, I actually, not that the actor was bad or anything, but I really, I, as I said, I think Dr. Loomis was one of my favorite characters in the first one. And I, I really wanted a great Dr. Loomis type character again. And instead you get one that's kind of goofy and I kind of saw the twist coming when he was like talking about the kills and he seemed really passionate about it. Um, so that bothered me. And the other thing is I, this is a weird critique, but I feel like the gore was, this is kind of a com. It's kind of a hybrid of Rob Zombie's gore and the original Carpenter gore. Like, cause there are some scenes where it's, you know, he's literally killing people in the background. You're not seeing much It's more implied. And then there are other scenes where he's literally stomping people's head in with his foot. Um, that's exactly what I was about to say. And I, and that bugs me. Cause it's like, some of it I felt like was ridiculous over the top gore and other parts weren't that gory. And, and I, I kind of wish it would gone, have gone more for the Carpenter style. Um, but yeah, anyway, so that, that's my thing. So I really like it. I would say it's at least my third favorite one. And by far, like it, I think it blows away H2O. I think it's, I do think it's a really good solid movie and it will, probably grow on me more as I watch it again. I need to watch it again, but I think it's still going to be one and two. And then this movie, I, I would put it definitely over two, but I like that it draws on, it wraps everything up in a bow. I won't tell you how, but, um, you know, these two films could just be by themselves and that's it. You don't have to watch the others, but there was yeah. some creepy moments too. Um, uh, one for me particularly it doesn't really give anything away but um when you're looking into a house and then he comes up on the porch and you see his reflection um in in the window and i like, like that scene yeah that creeped me out like there's some really good shots like but that, i didn't like that good. kill when it's like through the neck i just thought that was a little over the top i was thinking they were gonna like close the blinds and then you see you you know imply the death that way but yeah so can i ask are they planning on making more of these it seemed like it because they, they basically burn him alive at the end, spoiler alert. Um, but they don't show his body like you when they show they show where he was and he's no longer standing there. Maybe, but based on what I've seen from Jamie Lee Curtis, it seems like this is it. Like she she did this film so they could wrap it up. That's, that's what she said in Resurrection. That's what I, I I heard that, and that's how I interpreted the movie too. That this was, they were making this so it could be, you know, a bookend on the other side of Halloween. But then that, like, in the post-credits, it's not really a scene. And the, again, this is a little bit of a spoiler, but, like, since we've already gone there, um, they have that, the heavy breathing, like the Michael yeah. Myers breathing through the mask. And so it kind of feels like an implication that he didn't really die in the fire and he's going to be back again because hey he's michael myers I mean, and so I, I feel like they left it open-ended is what i would say right they did it's not a yeah yeah exactly like it's not a for sure thing like he's not definitely alive but i hope yeah. he's not alive because this that kind of like goes against what this movie felt like it was about i don't think it's any more open-ended than how two ended though i think it's, it's exactly like the first I mean, one it's the ending like that right because it's like he's still alive after he was shot six times right no, to me, this is like two, where you think he's dead. I mean, or he is. It could go either way. It depends on what they want to do, but... Right. Well, I, I take your point. It is because he was on fire. I think two, though, meant for him to be definitively dead. This movie did the breathing thing, which is exactly what Halloween, the first Halloween movie did. So, I don't know. But I 
agree with you guys. Like, I, I feel like, based on what I read from interviews, Jamie Lee Curtis did this movie 40 years later so that she could put it to bed and, like, be a badass, you know, female character, like, crushing him home, like, having the last word and all this stuff. And, like, just, it felt like the whole movie was building towards this and, epic and conclusion. That Well, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Building to an epic conclusion. Well, just that if they keep milking it and like keep going for more movies, it's just going to undo some of the magic of this movie for me because I feel like this was so good if it's the last word. But if it's not, then it's just like, why did we even do this? I like the last parts of it, though, especially like how they did some role reversals where she she was thrown off the balcony and disappeared. And then she yeah. comes out of the shadow. Mm-hmm. I love all that. And. I that actually, was awesome, by the way, where she came out of the shadow. Mm-hmm. Was not expecting that. I wasn't either. That was great. And I actually, I really like the whole thing about, you know, post-traumatic stress disorder and how that affects you and how it affects generations of people. Um, I think they handled that really well. Like, what would this woman, what would it do to this woman? And they even talk about that in the movie. Like, oh, but, you know, she didn't die. It only killed a few people. Like, they, they that one character kind of says that. And it's kind of true. It's like, well, what are you going to do in this generation? And that's... That's kind of a commentary for the movie. Like, okay, so in the original one, that's what scared people. Now what can we do? And I think that's part of the reason they upped the body count and they upped the gore. I just don't necessarily know that it was needed. Um, but I, I really I like these characters a lot. I do. I did not like that line. When that happened, I was like, are you kidding me? When, when, when he... Go ahead. Just that guy, like, I liked him more as the movie went on, but when he said that, I was like, why? Is that necessary? He was dismissing everything that had come before, like, oh, he just killed five people, like, oh, who right. cares? But, but that's, like, the, that's, that's that's the filmmakers winking at the audience is the way I took it, like, right? Like, I'm sure it was, that, but I didn't I didn't. Like I don't that think they need that much more. But the other thing is, too, like, I feel like there were a lot of plot threads, like, that never quite came back, like... Like the little kid, the woman was babysitting that ran out. I thought he was going to come back at some point. And he didn't. Um, oh yeah. Or her date at the prom. He never got killed or got his comeuppance. He just kind of. And I was like, okay, what's going to happen with that? Or even, um, even the British guy at the beginning that had the podcast, like they didn't show him dead. He was like still breathing and stuff in the in the bathroom. I thought he was going to come back. So I feel like there's a lot of like dangling plot threads that were never tied up that I don't know if that would come up in a sequel. I don't know, but it surprised me. Yeah, that's true. I did think the boyfriend was going to, something was going to happen with him. I was going to say though, just, just to recap on the timelines. So you've got, you've got the third one, which is just off by itself. It's not part of any of the timelines. Okay. So you got in the first sequence, you've got one, two, four, five, six. Then it goes one two H two O resurrection. Then it goes the Rob Zombie remakes, two of those, and then it goes the original one and this one. So there's is that four different timelines. Mm-hmm. So yep. So it's really confusing. I, I guess kind of pick your pick which ones you like. I, I uh, that's hard because I, again I, I really like the second movie so. Um, I wish I wish this movie didn't necessarily retcon that out of there, but I understand why it did. Um, and I guess there's people that are divided on whether or not they like Laurie Strode and Michael Myers being related. I don't know. I'm kind of mixed about that. Um, I guess uh, I guess we need to do an outro, Mark. You got anything All for right. us? All right. 
No, other than you can check us out at <laughs> it's just awesome.com. <laughs> Don't laugh, okay? You already ruined it, Charles. I did. I, I laugh every time. I'm sorry. I forgot. I couldn't even you remember what our outro was. You can check us out at it's just awesome.com or on iTunes at good bad podcast, all one word. And on Twitter at Good Bad Podcast, all one word. And also, don't forget to check out um, the rest of our 31 Days of Horror. Um, follow along with us. Um, I forget which one was today. Was it was it Halloween 3? I think it might have been. Yes. 3 or 4. So we're right in the middle of those. And then um, Wait, I have it right here. Yeah, Halloween 4 was today. 4 was 4 today. Okay, so we got those. Um, we will be doing the new movie, and it'll be our one on the 31st. And then there's also just a couple interesting ones, too. Um, we've got the lure. Um <laughs> which Kelly's doing. Um, mm-hmm. Was that a Swedish movie? No, what is it? Polish. Polish movie. And then we also did uh, Gehenna, Where Death Lives. Mm-hmm. That's coming up. Um, got some interesting movies that most people probably will not have heard of. So if you can, uh, you know, watch those, get a copy of them, whatever, like check them out, follow us. <laughs> Just going to give a personal shout out to my my favorite this season is Les Diaboliques. Yeah, I really, absolutely great movie. I really like that one. That's probably you know, I I had never seen it before, and so that would go. You mentioned my top five. That's probably in my top five now too. Maybe it's definitely in my top ten. I'd have to reevaluate the list of horror films there, but that ended. Wow. It was really good. It's like a film noir horror film, but French. <laughs> it's just it's amazing. I don't know. But French is not a. I don't mean that anyway. I mean the French style. It's amazing. So very sophisticated. 19, from 1955. Yeah. Yes. Amazing. Oh wow. Yeah. It's 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 out. very 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 good. And we're not talking about the remake with Sharon Stone from the 90s. <laughs> Diabolique. Uh, Forty years later. Was not expecting the end of this film. No, it's not. It kind of keeps you guessing the entire time, which is great. So. Uh. I'll say too a shout out for the House of Horrors, which uh, was probably one of my favorites from this this list. <clears throat> it's about like this the struggling artist that's a sculptor and just really well written and a lot of art critic stuff in there, but also just good good old murdering as well. So that's it's, not it's the, a fun um, good movie. That's not the uh, oh what's the film the foreign film the uh, the Swedish film. Uh, I also really liked Hour of the Wolf. Is that what you're talking that about? It must be. I know there's a Swedish film we did on here because I just couldn't remember which one it was. That okay. was a really cool kind of like art film, but also horror film. Uh, really disturbing, but in all the right ways. Cool. Which one's been your favorite, Kelly? Uh, probably Curse of the Demon. With the paper that was mache. From... What'd you say? With the paper mache demon. Yes, unfortunately, the paper mache demon. But <clears throat> yeah, outside of that, I really liked it. I also liked uh, the old dark house. That was a good one. Um, yep, there have been a few. Yeah, I think I it's... really enjoyed doing this. Yeah, cool. Well, we'll be back at it next year. But like I said, for those of you following along, um, uh, just check it out. But <laughs> I think you're gonna. I I don't know. I think it'll be divided on the lure. Um, see what people think. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, what what would you call it? Uh, it's a realistic version, uh, a live action realistic version of the Little Mermaid. It's, I will I Polish? will sub out realistic from, or with, it's adheres more to the Grimm's fairy tale or the the Hans Christian Andersen version. Yeah, it's definitely loses all Disney pretense. We can say that, but 
Look at this stuff. Isn't it neat? <laughs> None of that in this film. None of that. No, no just quite the opposite. Lots of uh, <laughs> lots of nudity, lots of gore. And vivisection. Yes. <laughs> All right. Nothing like a good old vivisection. All right. So this is really the ending. So I guess I'll. You can check us out. <laughs> Etc. 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 All right, bye guys. It's been great. Thanks, guys. Peace. Have a good one. Bye. <laughs>